Fine Pairs New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. From Connecticut, I'm Erica Ducey. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Vine Pair Podcast. And a quick note, this podcast is sponsored by Gosling's Black Seal Rum. So guys, before we get into uh, the the conversation we have today about uh, the Dark and Stormy and Dark and Stormy Day, which is coming up on June 23rd, um, you know, wanted to talk a little bit about what I'm really excited about that's happening next week here at Vine Pair on the uh, 24th through 26th, which is the Vine Pair Great Drinks Experience. I know you guys are pumped. Yay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a, that, that yay, Erica. Yay. <laughs> no, that's a legitimate yay. It was a real yay. I don't know. That was a little bit of like, yay, I have so much work to do before that. Yeah, I know it was. <laughs> yeah, but you guys are it's gonna be great. I'm really I'm super excited about it. Yeah, so can can you can you share some details? Yeah, man. I can share a ton of people we're talking with. So uh, there's going to be a bunch of really amazing sessions. We're doing a session on seltzer cocktails uh, for trade that with Truly that Erica is leading. We're also doing another uh, session for con- consumers with uh, with Truly about like what made seltzer so big in the first place. I'm going to be in conversation with Dwayne Wade uh, to understand how he fell in love with wine and what made him want to start his own winery, Wade Cellars, uh, which is going to be on Thursday night uh, at 6.30. So you should definitely not miss that session. Uh, we're also going to be talking with a bunch of other really amazing producers from uh, Santa Julia Winery in Argentina uh, to a bunch of really cool people associated with Ribera and Rueda. It's going to be a really awesome uh, you know, few days of drinks, information, and fun. Very cool. And and for, for those of us who uh, might be interested in attending virtually, how do we do that? So you can go to vinepair.com and there will be links for the great drinks experience or literally just search vinepair's great drinks experience in Google. It'll come up first in search. Um, and then you can you know look at the session calendar and RSVP to as many sessions as you want to attend. Uh, the sessions are free. I think it's really important to, to mention. So um, you, know, you, you don't have to pay anything to attend. They, all the sessions have shopping lists attached to them. So they'll tell you, uh, you know, the things that you are recommended to buy if you want to kind of drink along during each session. Um, but besides that, you know, you can, you can RSVP, tune in um, and, and hang out with us for the session, for each session that you're interested in. And if you attend three or more sessions, uh, we're going to send you a really awesome uh, Vine Pair Great Drinks Experience tote bag. So all you have to do to preview attendee session is actually log in and attend the session because the, the software we're using will record that you've attended and then we'll reach out to you after the end of the festival, um, get your, your, your shipping address and send you a tote bag. Or a t-shirt, actually. Nice. Your choice. So yeah, so I'm really, I'm really pumped. It's, it's uh, the first for us, but you know, we figured we had to do something in quarantine, so we've been planning it for a few months, and uh, yeah, it's going to launch in in the next in the next week and a half or so. Wow, it's going to be big. Yeah. It's going to be big, guys. It's going to be big. Um, <laughs> so, but before we we jump into this conversation with uh, with Andrew from Gosling's Black Seal Rum uh, and and learn a lot more about the Dark and Stormy, we wanted to, to hear you know what your impressions of the Dark and Stormy are. Yeah, from from my perspective, I I always thought the Dark and Stormy was uh, such a refreshing cocktail. I think I first started drinking them like when I was pretty early, right out of college, and for a number of years that was my signature go to cocktail at a bar. And I think the the nice thing about the Dark and Stormy is. Um, Although, you know, some people make them right, some people make them wrong, like with other, you know, sort of supporting ingredients, or maybe they're using different types of of rum. I mean, they always turn out pretty well. It's a pretty solid cocktail that you could order in a dive bar or in a more high-end cocktail experience, and they always taste pretty good. 
Yeah, I think it's just a delicious cocktail, <laughs> I have to say. Mm-hmm. So I think what's interesting to me is my association with the Dark and Stormy initially was really as like a winter cocktail. Like I thought of it as like the rum drink you have in the winter. Really? And yeah, and that's and what's funny is like in talking to more people about it, I think like for a lot of people, it's they think of it as a summer cocktail or at least a, you know, a late spring to early fall cocktail. And and I get it, like it's got rum in it, and most people associate rum with with sunshine. It's got ginger beer, which I mean to me is not really a seasonal drink exa- or a seasonal ingredient. But like, I, yeah, I to me, I I find that I tend to drink the dark and stormy a lot more often in the winter, maybe just because that's what the weather is. But like, but there's something about that, you know. I like I tend to like rum drinks in the winter uh, at least as much as I do in the summer because they feel a little bit like an escape uh, in a glass. And so yeah, I, I always associate it with. With wintertime until, you know, a bunch of people told me I was an idiot, which, you know, they do, they do on a regular basis, so well, whatever. Well, well, why don't we bring Andrew on right now and see if you're an idiot? <laughs> I don't want to find out, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it then. Well, guys, I'm really excited to uh, welcome Andrew Holmes, who's the brand director for Gosling's based in Bermuda here on the podcast today. So Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Adam. My pleasure to be here. So, you know, obviously we're, we're talking a lot about the dark and stormy today uh, and what's made it such an iconic cocktail. I thought the, the easiest way to kick off this conversation is for you to sort of just give us the history of the cocktail in general. I know that it goes back, you know, decades and decades and decades. There's, you know, legend that it was created by sailors, you know, something to do with, I've, I've heard maybe even like helping with seasickness or something, but I don't have the full story. So if you could give that to Zach and Erica and I, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'd be happy to share. I mean, the cocktail itself dates back to the 1920s. So we're talking, you know, pre-prohibition era. And um, obviously it includes uh, two signature ingredients, Gosling's Black Seal Rum, and then ginger beer. So ginger beer is a British tradition, and it was introduced here to the island by the British Navy, who were stationed up on the west end of the island at the Royal Naval Dockyard. So um, they began producing ginger beer in the dockyard, And it was used as a medicinal elixir to help cure stomach ailments, seasickness, and things like that. But the ginger beer factory then began selling the ginger beer to the local community. And it didn't take long for the Bermudians to figure out what that ginger beer was missing. A little bit of Goslin's Black Seal Rum. (laughs) So when the rum floated on top of the ginger beer, it resembles a storm cloud. So it wasn't long after they began mixing the Black Seal Rum and ginger beer that the drink acquired the nickname the dark and stormy so there's no one individual that's credited with naming the cocktail but it definitely dates back to the early part uh, you know 1920s 1930s and uh, it was officially trademarked on June 9th 1980 and that's when Gosling's first began exporting rum from the island so the family's been making rum in Bermuda since the mid 1800s but it wasn't until the 1980s that they really got into the export side of the business Awesome. So I have an important question about this drink. Should there be lime juice in it? (laughs) That is a really good question. Um, So Bermudians are known to have a little bit of a sweeter palate here on the island. So when you order a dark and stormy in Bermuda, it would always be served with a wedge of lime. So therefore, it was your choice whether you squeeze in the wedge of lime or not. And um, in my opinion, that little bit of citrus and acidity helps to balance the sweetness of the ginger beer. So I think a wedge of lime is, is a welcome ingredient in the cocktail. But um, as I began traveling with Gosling's and going to export markets, and particularly the United Kingdom, you'd see bartenders juicing half an ounce of lime juice into the cocktail, um, which, again, it, it 
it's personal preference, you know, and, and uh, I do like a little bit of lime, but too much lime, in my opinion, sort of changes the dynamic of the cocktails to the point where it's almost like a, a ginger daiquiri at that point. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, again, personal preference. And what would you say is the perfect recipe for a dark and stormy? Well, obviously it starts with uh, our Gosling's Black Seal Rum um, and uh, Gosling's Stormy Ginger Beer. So we developed Stormy Ginger Beer in 2009. And that was a result of, as we began exporting the rum, it was really hard to find good ginger beer in certain markets, particularly the United States. But typically uh, here in Bermuda, if you ordered a Dark and Stormy, you get anywhere from an ounce and a half to two ounces of Black Seal Rum combined with four to six ounces of ginger beer. So can I ask a, a stupid question for, for myself and all the listeners out there, Andrew? What is ginger beer? So I know like, I mean, I was on the phone with my mom uh, last night actually, and um, my dad was actually making dark and stormies and she was like, oh, I love ginger ale. And my dad was like, that's not what ginger beer is. And then she was like, well, what is ginger beer? And I was like, I don't actually think I know. I know that it's an important ingredient in the Dark and Stormy and, you know, a few other cocktails as well, but I have no idea what it is. So um, I like to describe ginger beer as ginger ale on steroids. So essentially, lots more ginger, lots more sugar, lots more flavor. So ginger beer, as I mentioned, a British tradition, was made in these stone flagons. So these big ceramic jugs, they would add ginger root, water, sugar, and yeast and leave it to naturally ferment in a similar fashion to uh, kombucha. So that would create, um, you know, secondary fermentation with a little bit of carbon dioxide um, providing bubbles in, in, the, in the drink. So that was sort of how it came about. So ginger ale is a wimpy version of ginger beer. <laughs> so it came after ginger beer and is, you know, Canada Dry, obviously one of the big well-known brands of a ginger ale out there. And I think their marketing campaign a few years ago included the slogan, now made with real ginger. <laughs> well, what was it made with before? So with ginger beer, you obviously taste the spiciness of that raw ginger root in the drink. Therefore, you need um, the sugar to balance the spice of the ginger beer, of the, of the ginger root. Makes sense. So in terms of the Black Seal rum in particular, what makes so obviously right you guys you trademarked the recipe uh there's there's a lot of protection in terms of how the official dark and stormy is made but like what is it that makes the the rum so special and why is it that it really isn't a dark and stormy unless it's made with goslings i mean obviously i think i've only ever had it made with goslings but i'm sure there's a lot of people who've listened or listening to the podcast now said oh no i've done it with a lot of other rum brands that we won't mention here <laughs> um, so so what what is it about um, the rum that makes it, you know, perfect for this drink. And can you go into a little bit about how the rum is made? Because I know that you're not actually distilling it in Bermuda, right? You're actually, you're just blending it? Yeah, exactly. We do the blending here on the island. But I, I will start by saying there are a number of rums that are absolutely delicious with ginger beer. And the trademark protection is to the name Dark and Stormy. So Gosling's, when they trademarked it in 1980, were never trying to discourage other rums from mixing with ginger beer. However, you know, visitors will come to the island, enjoy Dark and Stormy, and then they go back to their hometown and order dark and stormy. They want it to resemble the flavor that they enjoyed in Bermuda. So it's really about um, protecting the, the integrity of the cocktail. And um, the rum itself is, is very unique because, as you mentioned, uh, we don't distill in Bermuda. Um, Bermuda's 21 square miles and now inhabited by over 60,000 people. 
So there's not enough land here to grow the quantity of sugarcane that you would need to produce a substantial amount of rum. So when the Goslings arrived here in the early 1800s, 1806, they realized quite quickly there wasn't enough land to cultivate cane. But in 1809, the British Navy began construction on the dockyard in the west end of Bermuda. So they knew there was demand for rum on the island. So very similar to the Navy, Goslings began sourcing rums from all over the West Indies and experimenting with blending and aging the rums here in Bermuda. So the first rum um, arrived in the mid-1800s, and it was sold on draft. So if you wanted to get Gosling's Black Seal, we didn't have a bottling facility. You would actually have to go to the liquor store with your own bottle, and they would fill it up out of the barrel that the rum was aging in. They then began to recycle once-used champagne bottles, which they got from their number one clients in Bermuda, the British Navy. So they took the old champagne bottles from the dockyard back to their shop located in the city of Hamilton and began to bottle the rum in the once-used champagne bottles, corking them and using black wax to seal the cork on the top of the bottle. So originally the rum was known as Old Rum, and it got the nickname Black Seal from the wax seal on the top of the cork. So it wasn't until the 1960s when a gentleman by the name of Francis Gosling illustrated the barrel juggling seal as a play on words for the black seal. So currently we, uh, we, bottle, um, we bottle rum uh, here on the island and we blend rums from different islands in the West Indies. And so we source rums from Jamaica, from Trinidad, from Barbados and from Guyana, and then all blended here on the island. And the aged on the island as well? Um, we do aging on the island for some of our premium expressions, the Family Reserve Old Rum, as well as the Papa Seal, which is a single barrel product. But um, over the years, rum was all transported in, in the oak barrels. So a lot more aging would have been done on the island for the Black Seal blend. But now the aging is done at the distilleries in the West Indies. So the rum is, is shipped in stainless steel, uh, 20,000 liter uh, tanks from the West Indies through New Jersey to, Flo uh, to Bermuda. And so it arrives uh, with barrel aging already. Um, the benefit of that is that the rum gets to mature in a beautiful tropical climate right at the distillery. So once it reaches Bermuda, it's ready for blending. And then we bottle rum in Bermuda uh, for the domestic consumption. And then rum that we export is shipped out through New Jersey and bottled in three different locations in New Jersey, sorry, in Kentucky, Montreal, and also Holland and distributed around the world. Oh, so so just so I'm clear, so some of the rum that you're blending is actually being blended, like that that rum that's coming from those locations, those distilleries. You could be blending some of it actually not in Bermuda, but in uh, Kentucky, et cetera, and then shipping out from there. Is that what you were saying, or is it all blended back in Bermuda and then shipped again? Every drop is blended here in Bermuda and is done by a team of three people. Oh wow! So it's really uh, you know keeps the quality control there, and then it's blended and shipped in bulk uh, off the island to be bottled for export. That's amazing, though, to me that it comes from the islands through New Jersey over to Bermuda, then that it gets blended and then goes back to the United States and then out across the world. That's really, that's really unbelievable. It's, it's our own little Bermuda triangle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is nuts. So I have a, I apologize. This could be a slightly sacrilegious question. I, I apologize for that. But if you were to consider adding another ingredient to the dark and stormy besides lime juice, is there anything else that you can combine with the Gosling's Black Seal Rum and the Gosling's Stormy Ginger Beer? Or is it just leave them alone, stop asking me dumb questions? <laughs> <laughs> 
again, that is all down to, to personal preference. I'll, I'll give you an example. So I was in a, a bar in Winnipeg, Canada, so in the middle of the prairies, and it's the month of February. Everyone was asking if I'd done something wrong and was punished by being sent to Winnipeg in February. <laughs> Um, but we were in this little bar called Susol, and they made a Thai spiced ginger beer. And it was their own house-made ginger beer, and they made their dark and stormy, obviously, with our Gosling's Black Seal Rum. And it was absolutely delicious. So it just sort of gives you an example that, you know, you can use other spices to enhance the ginger flavor without changing the, the real character of the cocktail. Um, so I have seen, um, you know, cinnamon and, and other spices like that uh, added to the mix, whether it's through a syrup or just a garnish. I've seen Angostura bitters um, added to a dark and stormy. And again, I think a, a little bit of the bitters really helps to bring all the flavors together. And um, in Bermuda, another common ingredient in the dark and stormy mix is a little bit of pineapple juice. So that's kind of a, a fun way to twist it a little bit. But again, it's not changing the cocktail too much. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, actually, in preparation for this episode, I just sent my husband to the liquor store, so I will soon have a dark and stormy in my hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm curious to know. So now I will have a, a bottle of Goslings, and I certainly have had um, many bottles of Goslings before. But now that I will have this bottle of Goslings Black Seal Rum in my hand, how else would you suggest that I use it? What other cocktails do you like to use uh, this particular expression of rum? in? Um, that's a really good question, because I think one of the challenges uh, we're up against in uh, promoting Gosling's Black Seal Rum is that it's sort of become known as the rum for dark and stormy, when in reality, the rum itself is extremely versatile. And I think some people are intimidated by a, a black rum. You know, they don't really know what to do with it. Or maybe I'll mix it with Coke. We know it goes good with ginger beer. But if you ask any Bermudian, they will list a hundred different ways that you can use Gosling's Black Seal Rum. Um, so, I'll give you an example that's quite extreme. So Bloody Marys, right? Bloody Marys made with vodka. And by the time you spice up that drink with the Tabasco and the Worcester and all that, you're not tasting the vodka. So in Bermuda, locals love to make Bloody Marys with black seal rum. And that rich flavor from the rum, the molasses, is a really nice contrast to the acidity of the tomato and the spiciness of the drink. We also have another um, dish in Bermuda called Bermuda fish chowder, which is uh, it's not like a New England chowder. There's no cream in it, but it's made from the rack of the fish, um, boiled down with vegetables, onions, tomatoes, and of course, Gosling's black seal rum. But when you cook the rum in the soup, all the rum evaporates. So when they serve you the drink at the table, they come around with a little splash of black seal and garnish it right at the table side in the soup. So, I mean, we use it in literally everything down here. Pina coladas, you're never going to get a pina colada made with white rum in Bermuda. The bartender <laughs> is going to go for the black seal. And again, that you know, rich flavor is, is a nice contrast to the creaminess and coconut and pineapple. It really works very well. So I think some people are intimidated by the black rums, but they're extremely versatile. Malcolm Gosling, who's my boss, seventh generation uh, chief executive officer of Gosling's International, his favorite libation with black seal rum is just mixed with fresh grapefruit juice. And it's incredible. And it's that simple. Black seal rum, fresh grapefruit juice. And that's one of his favorite ways to enjoy it. So I got one last question for you, Andrew. Um, what glassware should I have in order to 
make a dark and stormy? Is it, can I use whatever I want? Like sort of what you're saying, it's up to my personal preference or like, do you, do you suggest that it should be in like a Tallinn's glass? Can I, Collins glass? Can I use a pint glass? It, do I do a rocks glass? Like what, what is the, if there is one perfect uh, glassware serving, what would it be? That, that is actually a really good question because it, it does vary depending on where you order it. In my opinion, I like the dark and stormy in a Collins style glass um, it's long, it's elegant. It gives you an example, an opportunity to float the rum on top of the ginger beer. And it looks really stunning. Um, Legal Seafoods, who's a, a chain in the Boston area, they used to serve their dark and stormy in a Bordeaux style wine glass, right? So you'd see these going out in the restaurant. They'd have a sugar cane skewer to stir up the cocktail with because the rum's floated on top. But when people see that type of drink come out with that rum on top, it's really stunning and, and it really intrigues them to, to order some more. So I think a taller glass is better. However, you know, if you go to a dive bar in Bermuda and order a dark and stormy, they're probably going to serve it to you in a rock glass and pour the rum <laughs> in with the ginger beer. You know, it's just built like any other highball would be. But in my opinion, a tall Collins glass is the ideal vessel uh, for the dark and stormy. Well, awesome. Well, Andrew, I want to thank you so much for for coming on and uh, and telling us a little bit more about the Dark and Stormy, giving uh, Erica, Zach, and I some more background. We're going to definitely take some of the these the, these history tidbits that you gave us and share them with others. Um, and yeah, definitely going to drink some Dark and Stormy this weekend. Awesome. Thank you very much. It was very very fun to be on with you guys. Well, that was super interesting, for sure. Yeah, and I know I, I heard the car pull up, so I know that I have the dark and stormy ingredients waiting for me right now. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, like, I, I a lot of the story I, I wasn't familiar with, which I think is interesting. Like, I had no clue actually that it was called. I always thought it was called Black Seal because there was a seal on the label, you know, with his nose push you know with the barrel i never actually realized that it was because they used to seal the rum with black wax i mean duh now i should have realized that but uh, i had not so I'm, I'm glad he shared that with us and i also uh w- never really realized where the name came from which is you know the rum looking like a storm cloud floating on on the top of the ginger beer which is also like super cool and now i will always make it in a collins glass nice yeah, I think this is actually a, a really important point and, and one that I love about the Dark and Stormy is, you know, when done correctly, when when the rum is floated, it has such a cool visual presence in the glass. And and frankly, like, this is maybe a broader point, but like, I wish we would get a little bit back to the day when when layering cocktails wasn't seen as just like a cheap gimmick. I get it. It got overboard. I mean, I don't I didn't as a bartender particularly enjoy making the occasional tequila sunrise I had to make. But it is really cool that you can do that, that you can use the different weights of the ingredients to create that effect. And like, it just takes a little bit of time. Like you just float it over the back of a spoon. It's not that hard to do. And it just looks so cool. And you can if you're like me and kind of a like a dork, you can sort of sit there and watch like the brownie in motion as the as the liquid sort of slowly merged together, like putting cream in coffee, but you know, with booze, so way better. And uh, it's just I, I love it. And I and I want you know, if you make one at home, like take the extra 10 seconds to float the rum. All right, Mr. Jabal. So you, you, you talk about it like it's so interesting and we did, I mean, easy. And we didn't ask Andrew how to do this. So can you explain how to float? Or actually, you know what? I don't need you to explain. Erica, as the person <laughs> who actually wrote the cocktail book, can you explain how to float the, the, the spirit on top of the, the ginger beer? 
Yeah, I mean, just like Zach is saying, uh, it's it's pretty easy. So just, you know, fill up the glass with the ice and the ginger beer. And then um, all you're trying to do is keep the layers separate. So you just want to um, diffuse the weight of the uh, rum as you're pouring it in. So you just do over the back of the spoon, you just drizzle it really slowly. And then the two different densities of the, um, of the liquids will keep them relatively separate. And then, you know, as you're starting to drink it, if you have like... Uh, like the sugarcane skewer that was mentioned or a, a um, spoon or whatever you have to stir it. It's kind of fun to just like watch it and watch the ripples. It's very similar to cream and coffee um, and like watching those sort of patterns. So it's a little added visual play that I think is a, a great idea. So I just hold the spoon over the top of the glass with it, I guess, scoop side down. So the, mm-hmm. the curve starts up and then I just pour the rum on top of the top back of the spoon and just, it just drizzles over all sides of the spoon into the glass. That's, that's yep, just, it. just slowly. Wow. Just do it slow. That's it. Super, super easy. I mean, that sounds pretty dope. And then, so then you wouldn't mix it together. Then I wouldn't like then start together once it's in the glass. I would just drink it and let it kind of mix together in my mouth. I would mix it. <laughs> you would mix it. Right. Cause if not, you're just going to get a whole ton of rum. So it's yeah. just for, it's just, for, it's just to give it to the person at the beginning to be like, whoa, yeah. this doesn't this look dope? It's okay. just a presentation. It's just a visual uh, appeal. And then mix it all together. Totally. Cool. And then add your r- lime if you want, or don't add your lime if you don't want. Yeah. I'm a fan of, of lime. I would go lime. It's funny that he was talking about like how you would get it served in Bermuda. I mean, there was this, this sort of like, bar in lower Manhattan that we used to go to a bunch like a, a long, long time ago that was really close to the water that used to do lots of dark and stormies. And so the, like what I'm used to getting it served out of is just like those like, like kind of plastic, like very crappy, clear plastic cups, you know, cause that's how they would, oh, yeah. they would serve it to you. Um, but I mean, it was delicious nonetheless. Like I, it didn't really bother me. Uh, I didn't think anything of it and I probably had one or two too many. Um, <laughs> but, but like, it is interesting to think that you, you can take it from, from that lowbrow and it'd be really delicious to super highbrow and, you know, and high presentation and floating the rum. And it's, you know, still just really, really, really tasty. Well, and I think that's the hallmark of a great cocktail, right? Like, like that's part mm-hmm. of like any great cocktail, you should be able to, to get, you know, even if you use not great ingredients or, or it's made quickly and sloppily, it should still probably taste all right. And obviously if it's made with a lot of care and with the best possible ingredients, it should taste better. But like, I think, I think a cocktail that only, that can, that only can be made by a true master is like, I mean, that can be cool, I guess, but like, I don't think that's a great cocktail. That might be just an interesting niche cocktail. I agree. Fight for another day. Yeah, this has, been, this has been an awesome, awesome, awesome discussion. As always, super informative. Erica, I am super jealous that you have uh, Dark and Stormy's on your immediate horizon. But Going I right plan now. to get some uh, Gosling's Black Seal Rum very soon so that I can at least have uh, a Dark and Stormy on Dark and Stormy Day on June 23rd. Uh, and guys, have, you know, have a great time drinking Dark and Stormy's. Sounds great. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you enjoy listening to us every week, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced and hosted by Zach Jabal, Erica Ducey, and me, Adam Teeter. Our engineer is Nick Patry and Keith Beavers. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my Vine Pair co-founder, Josh Mallon, and the rest of the Vine Pair team for their support. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again right here next week.